0: No The seven factors of enlightenment we have treated already the first four. First one is sati mindfulness. And second is dhamma vijaya, investigation of dharma. And the third is effort or energy worry. And the fourth is pity, rupture. pleasurable interest. And then here we are dealing under the topics of bujinga Dhamma, Seven Factors of Enlightenment, which means people who are practicing this are in advanced stage or even a noble person, but definitely in the higher state of jnana The main thing in here is to balance, to balance your state of meditation. When you're really low and down and slow, then you practice a certain factors to subdue that slowness, and then keeping out into the balanced state. And also, if one is getting too excited, too enthusiastic, too elated, to subdue that excitement and bring it back to the balanced state. That is the main thing that seven factors of enlightenment is used for. Of course, part of that seven, the first one, the. Sati is, we all know never enough. Sati is supposed to be, one must be mindful of every moment. Every moment. If one can be mindful of every moment, then that person is undoubtedly a enlightened person. To be able to be mindful every moment. And the first three we have talked, which is infestation of Dharma, effort and energy, and then rupture. These three, we talk in details. Whenever one is really low and down, or bored, or lazy, or sluggish, not wanting to do, meditation and so on or depressive mode a low mode and in those states one practice one of those three which were is suitable whichever one is very skillful of by investigating of Dharma you are depressed mind will be raised. By applying low effort, your depressed or slow mind or shrunken mind will be uplifted. And by practicing rupture, producing rupture or pleasurable interest, your sluggish mind, your boring mind, your lazy mind will become uplift it again, and bring about up, up to the balanced state. So that is what it is useful To be able to bring that up, that means one must be very skillful. One must be able to bring these up okay, within a very short period of time. Only then one can be able to reach it and if you cannot bring these up developed or bring that into that state it won't have much effect that's why a yogi must have been in a very higher state of jnana or insight or being a noble person other than the arahat, the highest state Satapana, Sakadagami, Anagami, they also have their periods of low and down mode because we are still in this realms of Nama and Rupa due to physical, mostly physical, and in the lower state, even mental state, the bombardment of the environment, Eight Lokadharma, attacks of the Eight Lokadharma, can always disbalance you. So one must be able to bring about these in a short period of time. But even if not in a higher state, a certain thing out of the three, the mawichya, the is you have to be experiencing the true nature. That's not that easy. And also Developing PT rupture. And there too, for a personal practitioner, that one must be able to okay, skillfully develop the fourth insight level, which is arising in the personal way. Some of you have, and some you haven't. So it is not that practical. But regardless, if you are not in the high state, one thing effort and energy. That effort and energy, you don't need to be in a higher state, even at the lower state. All that you need is the determination. Desire to balance your mind and the determination, never surrender. Persistent. With that, you can still reach. So there's still one of the factors that can be applied or used by the yogis who are in the lower state of jnana. So it is not at all wasted once you understand it and apply whatever is accessible and close to you. Of course, the last one, rupture, we discussed last week. There's a a bit of a hardly words. <coughs> we placed it. Or we misplaced it due to forgetfulness. And in here there are two types of rupture. One is rupture that applies to so to speak anything and, and everything okay? other than Sammboga. Okay? So there are all pts that applies to fall under there, except that there's the PT Sammbo rupture that can be called enlightenment factor that is totally different. And here, when you're low and down, one can apply that by contemplating on the qualities of Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, and also on the parents and teachers. These qualifies to become PT that qualifies as Sambhorjanka for the progress of Dharma. Of course, the PT that You can raise through the Udiyaphyayana and sight level of rising and passing away. That also is bhiti enlightenment factor. But you must be aware you are in a low and down state. If you are in a low and down state, you are not at that continuous movement of arising and passing away. So even though it amounts for sambochanga, you cannot apply that because you are out of it. That is the reason you are using other tools. Qualities of Buddha Dhamma, Sangha, teachers and parents. So keep that in awareness. And Kinds of PT. Kinds of PT, there are five kinds. Kutika PT. It is the minor, the lowest form of PT. And then secondly is Kanika PT. It is a little bit longer in duration than the first one and also. Frequency of arising, it becomes more frequent. The details we have already discussed on the last talk, and the third one is okantika pt. This okantika is we termed it okay, wave rider. I said you are riding a wave, really rolling high up and go down, up and down. That is the key. Of course, there are many things you can describe in detail. But the key point is, like you if you are riding a wave, surfing. And then Upigapiti, that is directly related to the weightlessness. Weightlessness. And it can describe in many different ways. The key thing is weightlessness. Which means there is no pressure point at all, both physically and mentally. Upekha piti, and the fifth one is Hrana piti. And here, that so subtle, extremely pleasurable vibration, it pervades every part of your body, every cell of your body sinks into it. And also, every mental state that are at that moment. Paranarapiti. So those are the five kind of PTs. One may experience one or the other, but whichever one is, it will uplift you, and it will get you out of the depressive and low mode. your meditation period. So as we have said the first three is good for uplifting your mind and there are other three called positive tranquility that will be if one is very elated over-enthusiastic, and those times you go into that mode. When you go into that mode, it will bring you down and it will bring you to the balanced mode, positive tranquility. And in or English tranquility, what it is? To understand what tranquility is or passivity is, one must understand its opposite nature. Its opposite nature, we have already discussed it at the beginner's level. Restlessness and worry or restlessness and remorse. One need to understand what is restlessness and remorse or worry. Of course, at the beginner levels, we talk, give example about what restlessness and remorse is. It is a state of mind in which the mind cannot grasp on a single object it cannot even grasp any object at that moment it hovers in other words there's a space between the awareness and the object they don't come into direct contact It just skittishly go away from one to the other that is restlessness and remorse usually restlessness even though it's not described in here Related with future, uncertainty about future, as you're not quite sure about what's going to come, whether what you want to happen can be accomplished or gained, so on. And remorse says about the past, whatever you have done in the past, whatever you have done wrong in the past, catch up with you in your psyche. So I will approach that way. Restlessness is more related to the future events and remorses. Or worry is more related to the events of the past. So in here, we understand quite clearly. But one thing we need to understand is, Yes, when you're at the beginner level, all the example and the talk we have given is more than sufficient, it's very good, we understand. But one thing is, you are not stopping. You're meditating and you're meditating and you're progressing and you're progressing. Your mindfulness becomes stronger, your concentration becomes stronger. And. Whenever you become stronger, restlessness doesn't disappear. The thing is, they become finer and finer and finer. Before, restlessness is very gross. It can be identified with events and situation and condition and things like that. But when you have a very good meditation, Still, there is restlessness. It's very fine. Even in the area level, only at the highest level, and when you got there, that restlessness is abandoned. Sotapana, you still have restlessness. Sakadakami, you still have restlessness. Even in Anagami, you still have restlessness. But of course, not at the level, not with the definition we understand so subtle, the higher the deeper you go in, does restlessness become finer and finer and finer. So don't go me directly, but uh, the words in here. Like in meditation nowadays, they' are experimenting with machines to a lot of the Yogis who are great meditators. And then they measure it when they are in a certain state of meditation or an absorption meditation. And also mindfulness meditator, they measure it. And in there, you will see there is a, a certain measurable, okay, physiologically measurable brainwave a wave that's connected to the brains are measured. And at a certain level, a certain brain waves are shut off or flat line. Another level, another brain wave are shut off or flat line The deeper and deeper and deeper, a certain brain waves become flat line or shut-off. But still, there are certain, even in a deep state of meditation, a certain brain waves are still vibrating. That's what I mean by restlessness Become finer and finer and finer. Of course, the other one is physiologically, we define it. But in here, the deeper you go, there's still restlessness. What it is is the mind, the flickering mind. Even though you are in a great deep meditation, let's use that example that we know you go and meditate the first three to seven days most of the thought that comes in are the events that has been recently happening within a week or two or three weeks these kind of events bombard you in your thought form after a week And then, let's say, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Events that happen about a month ago, a few months ago, within a year, these kind of things, they are not really in your very front line, but at the same time, you have not forgotten it. These kind of thoughts come in. And then, of course, you note, thinking, thinking, thinking. And these little thoughts coming in, that is restlessness. Okay? That is restlessness. A certain part of the brain is starting to work for that, not the deeper one. Those thoughts come in, there's a restlessness. And to complete what we are talking about, you keep on meditating, one month, two months, three months, hardly any thoughts come in. All these mediate, all the within a year thoughts, they disappear and you are, so to speak, in a free-floating, free-sailing mode. Very peaceful, great. And then, out of the blue, there's a thought pops up. Something that you have done 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you have already forgotten about it, totally, completely forgotten about that. But that thing pops up. That is restlessness. But it is very deep in the psyche, it pops up. So restlessness is always there with us. You have to only when you become arahat, then you have abandoned total and complete restlessness. Even in the lower area level, you still have that. So as such, one needs to understand restlessness and also, of course, remorse. As we have started out the front, restlessness is more of a future, a remorse is more of a past, things that are all. Oh, thing is, would I be able to do it? Would I be able to overcome it? Would I become an area before I die in this life? These kind of like very fine thoughts, nothing hurtful, nothing harmful, but still do I have enough, enough capacity to do it? Do I have enough me from the past to do it? These kind of little doubts pops up. Now and then. That is the expression of restlessness and remorse. Determination. Something you have to do with determination, persistent. And at the same time, whatever that karma, accept, 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 as it is, as it is, as it is. Now we know what is restless and remorse in a very different, various level, and that even to the deepest part of our psyche? Once you understand restless and remorse, then you understand passivity, tranquility, tranquility, passivity. What is tranquility or passivity? It is the cool, calm. Mind very cool very calm very tranquil mind That is positive in other words A mind that is Far away from restlessness the mind that is far away from remorse Or no restlessness and remorse coming at least for a period of time don't think that it will stay with you for a long time you're meditating and then everyone's sitting You go into that mode and you might be in there for about 40 minutes 50 minutes Sometime two hours three hours four hours depending on the level extremely extremely peaceful extremely calm. In the scripture this is expressed with the sample is a lake it's a water when it is a lake there is no inflow and outflow of water and also there is no wind, no breeze nothing it's totally calm so the lake is Totally still and calm, the water surfaces. In that kind of situation, we call it tranquility. As soon as even the very slightest amount of wind blows or the breeze comes in, there's a slight ripple coming. And as soon as there's a ripple, the wave comes and there's no more tranquility. So that is the example it used. The breeze are these minds of thoughts, of objects, the minds going from one object to the other, another object, another object, or oh, one object that comes and here, and another object that a little later comes and still it is agitating you. So that is tranquility, very calm, very cool away from restlessness and remorse. That is positive Very peaceful. It can be brought about uh, usually, not only really can, usually it is brought about by rupture. Depending on the type of rupture. Okay? You have the rupture, And after the rupture, after the rupture subsides, Tranquility or that peace comes in. One of the examples some of you might have experienced, and especially for the Vipassana meditation, meditator, especially who are practicing this Sattipatthana Vipassana, because we focus a lot on pain, Dukkha. We focus on Dukkha. This is the first target that we face and we overcome the pain. So this pain, and we all know, people who have gone through it know exactly what I'm going to explain. Pain, you observe, you observe, you observe. It's a tug of war, some people need Weeks, some people need months, some people need years. Okay. Oh, but you don't give up, you observe and observe and observe. And one type of experience is you observe the pain and you don't give up. You don't give up, meaning your mind doesn't wander to any other thing, your mind doesn't wander about surrendering, your mind doesn't change the object. To relieve yourself from this pain, but consistently, persistently on the pain. It is killing you, but you don't give up. You don't redirect the mind with any other object, any other thoughts still there. And it doesn't seem like it's a quiet moment. In other words, it's a very violent moment. Turmoil moment, chaotic moment, but you are facing it. You are facing it, you are facing it. And while you are doing that, it seems like it is a very violent, traumatic, no stillness. But one thing is as you do not shift your mind from the pain to any other object, you are going trying to be as deep as you can be into that pain and you are trying to stick your mind to that pain that is the continuous mindfulness and that develops an enormous amount of high concentration samadhi Samadhi become really really high and some of the yogi some are they even hear exploding loud noise boom and some people they're watching and out of the blue everything become totally the pain suddenly disappear from the universe of attention there is no more pain the pain suddenly disappear or there might be a loud noise and then instantly right after that nothing but Peace, 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 quiet and calm, nothing else. That big loud noise is the experience that presented because of the concentration, the rupture. And right after that rupture, that peace had come, that set in, and the whole body and the whole mind is. There is no chaos, there is no violence, there is nothing except peace, 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 peace. Calm, calm, cool, cool. And that is tranquility. Some of the yogis already experience it. But this approaches through pain. And we use pain. Everybody is pushed to use pain. And that is the tranquility. That moment you come, it might last. A minute, it might last five minutes. It might even last 30 minutes. That is the tranquility followed by the rupture. And why does the rupture arise? Because your concentration is really strong. Why is it strong? Because you never lit up your mind away from the pain constantly. That is tranquility. Totally peace and calm, it goes in. And some of the yogis, it's not like as dramatic as I've said. Some of the yogis, you come in and they feel some little pleasant sensation and you just sink into that peaceful mode. Totally quiet and calm and peaceful. And some yogis, when they don't have the direction or the teacher, they even think that is Nibbana. Oh, I'm, I'm enlightened, I'm Nibbana. These kind of mistakes can happen, but it is so good, there is no wave, no vibration, no restlessness, so there is no agitation. That is tranquility, follow, after the rupture. That is how tranquillity comes in. So in here, tranquillity, what is the characteristics of tranquillity? The characteristics of tranquillity is coolness and calmness of the body and the mind, both the body and the mind. The body is also cool and calm, but Nothing is moving. Nothing is twitching. And the mind is also cool and calm. Even with the samadhi concentration, the mind is still not cool and calm. The mind is still restless. You're meditating. Your concentration is pretty good. But in a certain moment, there might be a little twitch you now, a little itch come in and the mind goes there, that twitch and that itch. Sometimes there's an involuntary muscle twist. The mind goes in there. There is ripples on your mind. That is restlessness on the mind. And when you have tranquility, nothing as such, the body is totally sick, perfectly quiet and calm. The mind is totally, perfectly calm, cool, and quiet. Quietude of the mind and the body. When I said mind, it's both Jada and Jada Both Jada and Jada are totally calm and quiet. So that is the... How to identify whether you have tranquility or not. Opacity. Total coolness, calmness of mind. Total quietness. Not a single twitch, not a single itch. No nothing, no vibration. It has been said in an example that was used quite often. The Buddha was practicing for six years and eventually he got enlightened. After the enlightenment, this accomplishment, okay? accomplishments of causes, they amount right to the top and then it accomplishments of result. That result, when he experienced the result, you can say accomplishment of result or you can say fruition or palat. Kali is Pala? When he goes there, the Buddhist, if you read the scripture, Buddhist, day forty-nine days. Another was seven weeks, seven days, seven times around that Bodhi tree where he got enlightened. Each week he moved from one spot to the other and observed that that accomplishment of result, that satisfaction he gets out of it that fusion he gets out of He sits there and he observes without moving, without glitching. Okay. If your eyes are open, it is always open, it doesn't close. If your eyes are half open, it is always half open, not even a blinking of an eye. That kind of stillness, that kind of coolness and calmness, peace, that is from the rupture from the accomplishments of result. The rupture comes in fruition or Pala. He went into the state of Pala, Pala Ngana, and not moving for seven days from each spot. And that is the, the great tranquility followed after the rupture that has been expressed in the scripture so in here we are not at that level it may hours might be 5 minutes long or 30 minutes long or some yogis they go for about 12 13 hours recorded in a uh, Mahasi tradition monastery some goes lunchtime come they don't even want to move they don't even want to get up that is parana PT, a okay, pervasive PT, and followed by the tranquility. You don't even want to you don't want to be, you don't have any desire except peace, 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 bodily and mentally. That is the characteristics of Pasadi. And function what does the Pasadi function as it functions as if I have to code directly the extraction or suppression of heat if you want to call it modern ways it takes out all the heats that produce from your brain wave. It extracts all the heat or it suppress all the heat that produced from the vibration of restlessness and remorse. Whenever there's a restlessness, there's a vibration. Whenever there's a vibration, there is heat. If you look at the four elements, they are always coexistent together. Okay. When element vibration, heat, temperature dissolve, and wire and battery, they all together. And as long as there's no vibration, there is, it generates heat. And in here it is said that vibration is go to the lowest level or negligible. It does not produce heat from that vibration anymore. In other words, heat produced from the restless and remorse are totally taken care of, it totally extracted, totally suppressed. That is the function of pusity. This is the job that passivity or tranquility do do. No heat means there's no friction, no vibration. That's why it is totally calm and cool and peaceful. And what is this paucity or tranquility manifest as? It manifests as non-agitation. It manifests as non-agitation. Of course, at our level, whenever all these things are happening, whatever is happening in us, around us, from the environment, from other people, There's a friction. Whenever there's a friction, you have to resolve the friction. Some become quite irritated, agitated. Some people, you no, I will look at it coolly and calmly, and you try to resolve it. But still, that process of resolving that situation, there is still a friction. Even though with the intelligence, you are keeping it cool and calm under control. You don't flip out like the other people. Still, you have a task to overcome. So there is an agitation. And if you have this tranquility, there is no agitation. Non-agitation is the manifestation of this tranquility capacity. Go into that mode. So now we know how to identify it. When you become calm and cool and peaceful, you have this tranquility. And the job of the tranquility is to extract heat from any physical or mental situation, anything produced by restlessness or. And when you have that, it manifests into a state of non agitation, continuously manifestation. And of course, in Buddhist, if you don't apply the fourth one, it is not complete understanding yet. The fourth one is what is the cause? What is the approximate cause? Of course, the Buddha doesn't talk to us in details He give us the overall the key point The key point is what? Yoni a manasikara, wise attention Wise attention so that it won't produce irritation wise attention so that it won't Produce heat or friction. Wise attention so that you won't have restlessness. Wise attention so that you won't have remorse. Wise attention. How about it just say wise attention? We expand it a little bit more. If you want to expand it even farther more, wise attention so that you know how to do always the right thing, the wholesome thing. Why suspension? So that you would not commit anything wrong or unwholesome thing. In other words, it comes right back to your life. Every day, everything you do, every decision you make, and every execution you are doing, to avoid anything that is harmful, harmful, violent, and cruel, and to do everything who is loving, compassionate, kind, and helpful. It goes back down right to that. And if you live your life that way, automatically tranquility is just beside you. You already have prepared the ground. That is wise attention. That's why Buddha said. Wise attention, Yoni Soma is the cause. Pasati tranquillity is the effect. That's wise attention. Buddha doesn't sit down and talk for hours and hours in details. That's why our tradition is called Tera Vada. Buddhism. Tera Vada. Tera is the elders. Vada is the they are quite their presentation, okay? the presentation of the elders. When the Buddha sat like that, wise attention, and of course, his senior disciple Shinsavipodra, Shemangalana, Shemha and so on. Okay? Because Buddha cannot sit down and talk with a big loudspeaker and stereo surround some so that one million people can hear. You can hear about maybe 20, 30 of a senior disciple heard about it or whoever is fortunate enough around there can hear it. And they go around and they teach to their students and their students, their students, their students spread. And when they taught them, they expand, they elaborate so that those people can understand because Shansharipodya has enough great intelligence to exactly understand what Buddha meant. But a lower junior monks don't have. So it is his duty to expand and to elaborate. That's how he taught. That's why our tradition, our Buddhist lineage is called Theravada. The presentation of our elders according to the Buddha's teaching, according to the intention or intent of the Buddha. That is how it's standing down. So over 2,500 years down the line, many great monks have rise rise and passed away. And whenever these kind of great monks come in, they touch a certain division, a certain section of Buddha's teaching, and they expand more. they expand further more. In Sri Lanka, they expand furthermore based on the culture and tradition of Sri Lanka so that Sri Lanka can understand. In Burma, the Burmese, Theravada senior monks expand and explain so that according to the Burmese culture and tradition, the thinking process can understand what the Buddha's meant and so is the same in Thailand or Cambodia or Laos. That is Theravada, but not everybody. Every century, one or two or three great monks appears and their teachings remains. Their explanation of the Buddha's teaching remains. And even this has been critiqued by the Buddhist Council. A whole great learned monks critique. And then some are discarded and some are accepted. And whatever that is accepted is called sub commentary or sub sub commentary. And it's become a part of the scripture. It only comes from the great monks one or two that arises in a century That is how our tradition and that's how we learn and that's how we understood the Buddha's teaching So to go back to the main topic The Buddha said Yoni Samana Sikara That is the proximate cause of Tranquility and down the line all these great senior monks expanded a little farther more for us to actually do. In other words, they put down a system for us. A system for us to do a certain thing. That's why you will see sometime three points, five points, seven points, eight points, nine points, eleven points, all the points for each to follow. Okay. In rupture, all the way there are eleven 11 causes that support and can produce rupture So it's the same in tranquility there are seven pipes expended under this Yoni Solomon Sika It is so simple, but when you lay down as a formula, it's very easy for us to follow if we want to produce a certain mental state. The first one, you'll be surprised. Food, the right food, that you eat the right food. You don't eat gaseous food, you don't eat spicy food, you don't eat fat food. Of course, I'm talking with the modern nutritional science Basically those are the kind of things. You don't eat those kind of food that can make you sleepy. You don't eat that That means that you have to go to the washroom a lot. You don't eat that food that can give you a lot of gas going out every hour and so on. Because these are the interruptions. So one must eat a, a suitable food, nutritious food and appropriate for each person. That's the first. And also, must be able to include a certain flavor that satisfy each of you. Some, they love to have that little bit of a sour taste. Some, they love to have a little bit of sweet taste. Some, they love to have a little bit of bitter taste. That flavor included in your food, flavor. But the rest is nutritious food. And that is number one, the cause, approximate cause of the tranquility. And second, lay down as the climate. The climate is basically temperature. Right now, maybe some of you, maybe all of you, you can feel the heat generating in you because the temperature is a lot higher than normal the temperature is a lot higher than your body temperature. So there is a little of heat wave coming out of your body. Because when it is hot outside the body, tries to cool it down by producing sweat. That kind of reaction is going on. And because of that, I can actually feel buzzing on my skin. I can feel the stickiness on my skin at this moment. I can feel it on my face. That is not in alignment with tranquility. So, the climate, temperature, pressure, humidity, that also is important. That could produce tranquility. Food, climate. Temperature, pressure, humidity must be perfect. Or to sleep, it should be supportable to tranquility if not perfect. One, two, three. Number three, the posture. For that posture, you must have the right posture because each of us Let's say you are doing the walking meditation. There's a lot of movement. I don't think it would be suitable for tranquility. Okay? Maybe sitting meditation. But even in a the sitting there are so many posture of your leg position. One leg in front or half lotus or full lotus. Depending on the training and depending on your flexibility of your body and also lying down will that lying down make you go into sleep or still keep you alert these are the things so food climate posture number three and number four number four is one must maintain one must maintain overzealousness or over-enthusiasm. Maintain me. If you are practicing and if you become overzealous, if you become over-enthusiastic, which means you want to achieve this really fast. You want to attain this fast. As soon as you have that kind of I want, I want, I want. You are not there anymore. What happened? As soon as you want, you created a mental state of restlessness in your brain or in your mind. There's a restlessness coming in. That over-enthusiasm, that overzealousness, that little tidbit of noble desire, even the noble desire, wanting a little more than normal, but not that at the beginning setting up as a post, but right at that moment. That little overzealousness and enthusiasm come in, restlessness create, tranquility is goodbye. And also another thing is, we won't call it Lazy net or slop or topper that is very heavy, shrunken mind, weakened mind, lazy that is heavier part. That's for the juniors below the juniors. This one is you are doing it, you are meditating it, but you are doing it superficially. You are doing it very sloppy, not with precision. Okay? Superficial, sloppy, and as soon as you go in, that is below what is required. Okay? As soon as you go sloppiness and superficialness, you are undershooting what is required. As soon as you become overzealous and enthusiastic you are overshooting it and we are supposed to be right at that middle point perfect middle point if you don't reach that perfect middle point you cannot have tranquility so those two mental states must be always adjusting and balancing overzealous "Ah, i need to cool down and you pull back and then you become little sloppy i need to put a little more effort (coughs) so that the mind will (coughs) slip slip away that is number four suggestion number five number five is not only while you're sitting down in here these elders give us every environmental condition as well you live with a group of people you associate with a group of people because you are not alone. Even while you are meditating, you are co meditators, <coughs> co monks, co yogis, they are there. And the environment and the support group, volunteers, cooks, and the villagers, there's always something. Humans are social animals. That's what the Western says. In a way, it is. We have to be interdependent with others. Here it indicates our connection to others which means these people make sure they are not hot-tempered, they are not short-tempered, they are not vulgar, they are not agitated. Some people you know in your office or wherever, there's some are always (coughs) agitated, agitating you trying to poke here, trying to leave there. You must avoid these kind of people in your environment. Because if you are having a connection with them all the time, agitation is always there. It is hard to achieve. That's one. That's number five. Number six is one must associate with cool, calm, Compose people. There are some people you go there and you just simply automatically you become cool and calm and compose because that is their nature, and if you happen to be around them, you also begin to follow that. That's number six, and number seven, one must incline, always incline your mind towards tranquility cool, calm, and peaceful. You have to have a consensus inclination. The mind is inclined towards it. Only when the mind is inclined towards this, the mind will go in that direction, take that mental state. So there are seven points okay, laid down by our elders. The Buddha said, Yoni only the Sikhara. And these are the ones that can be expended under that one line. So that's how one can achieve tranquility. So may all of you be able to practice Deepatana Vipassana meditation precisely and correctly. And may you be able to enter into this tranquil state, passivity, in a very short period at will, as soon as possible. SADHU, SADHU, SADHU BUDAM BUJEMI DEMAM BUJEMI